Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, back with another episode here in The Truth, back with another episode of On the Court, episode number 16. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be continuing our On the Court series with the San Antonio Spurs, a very interesting San Antonio Spurs team, to say the least, especially this season with Victor Wembanyama as the number one overall pick. Some are calling him a generational talent. Others, like yourself, are calling them the next Kristaps Porzingis. But regardless, the San Antonio Spurs team has a lot of things to be excited about going into the season. So we're going to dive deeper into them this uh, this episode, I should say. And we're going to talk about them as a whole, see if they're going to be you know, what we expect them to be or if they're going to be a team that misses the postseason once again. I am joined once again by AJ Ponciano. AJ, how are you doing here today? I'm doing great. Yeah, like you said, I think there's a good chance. I mean, we've seen all these big men who have similar builds, how their careers uh gone to this point, mainly injuries. But Victor Wamanya is definitely one of those guys who's up there where it's like they're a big toss-up. They're a big-time risk, but if they pay off, it's a big-time reward. Yeah, I think that's going to be a prime focus of the episode just because, you know, we obviously know all the hype surrounding Victor Wembanyama. We'll talk about him a little bit more later. But anyways, if you guys are new to On the Court, first of all, we've officially reached the halfway point of On the Court. So I hope you guys have stuck around here. or well, obviously you guys have stuck around, but I hope you guys have enjoyed the first half of the episodes thus far. How it works is we'll go over our three key players for the San Antonio Spurs. We'll go over our bust, breakout player, sleeper player, Team MVP, key draft picks slash offseason moves, our keys, two keys to success, and then our conference standings prediction where we think that the San Antonio Spurs are going to finish in the Western Conference this season. So without further ado, AJ, go ahead and give me your three key players for the San Antonio Spurs this year. So the first one I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Keldon Johnson. Uh, Keldon Johnson, last year averaged 22, point, 22 points per game, five rebounds, 2.9 assists, playing 63 games. Uh, next up, I'm going to go Victor Wembanyama. I mean, he was the top pick for a reason. He's super good when he does play. It's just it's going to be hard to say how long he's going to play just because of like his height and all that, and not being the biggest guy. It's just a hard to it's hard to project him just because of the whole uh, physical attributes like that. Uh, but great player nonetheless. I mean, obviously the first overall pick, one of the most hyped hyped picks in a while. And the last one, I'm going to go with Devin Vassell. Last year had a little bit more of an injury real season. He still averaged 18.5 points per game, 3.9 rebounds, 3.6 assists. Uh, still only 23 years old. Both both uh, Vassell and uh, Johnson are both very young. Victor is still 19. So they have a really good young core that they're building around right now. And I like how they're building around the uh, big, more of the big man position uh, and a little bit more outside of just going with trying to find their true point guard right away. I mean, they have more, they've run more of a true point guard with a guy like Trey Jones. So being able to build around a more facilitator like that and be able to have these other big men, I think they all complement each other very well. Yeah, so for me, my first player has got to be Victor Wembanyama. I mean, the Spurs kind of lucked out of getting Wembanyama. I think it's a perfect fit with having Greg Popovich still there. Some were actually saying that Greg Popovich was going to retire, but then they uh, they got Victor Wembanyama, <coughs> excuse me, and Greg Popovich felt like he'd want to at least help develop him. We obviously know what uh, Greg Popovich did for the San Antonio Spurs. It seems like forever ago, um, you know, when they won their their NBA championships. But Victor Wembanyama is obviously the focal point of the next generation of the NBA. Is he going to be as good as expected? I'm not too sure. I don't think it's fair to make those adjust. Uh, I guess those. 
I wouldn't say accusations, but I guess those perceptions from the get-go, because it's really hard to judge. Yeah, he looked phenomenal there in France when he's playing professional basketball. But at the end of the day, the game is completely different to, to the NBA. And especially with these international guys in particular, guys like Victor Wembanyama, who's only 19 years old, it's kind of like one of those things you have to see how they play in the NBA, how they play against NBA talent, before you can really make, I guess, a, a point and say that, hey, this is going to be you know, a great player, whatever. I think I'm leaning more on the side of him being a great player. I mean, he's just a generational type player, as mentioned, obviously. I mean, he's a guy that's 7'3", 225 pounds at the center position. He's very lengthy, very athletic. I think some are a little bit concerned about his size, but a lot of people were concerned about Kevin Durant's size coming out of the draft, and look where Kevin Durant ended up. So I don't think his size is the big concern. I think his height would definitely be there. We saw a little bit of action of him in the summer league. I thought that was fine. I didn't think he was spectacular in the summer league, but I thought he did at least enough. How is this game going to translate to the NBA? I think it's going to translate well. I'd like to see him be a little bit, I wouldn't say necessarily more of a presence on the defensive side because he's able to, excuse me, obviously block a lot of shots, but just his presence on the defensive side a little bit more, I think will be valuable. We obviously know what he's going to be able to do on the offensive side. Not only is a great shooter, but I think one of the more underrated aspects of his game is his playmaking ability. I'm really excited to see what he's going to do in San Antonio. I think the Spurs are far from, you know, NBA championship ready. I think, you know, getting Victor Reminyama obviously helps tremendously, but there's still a lot of ways for them to get their way back into, you know, the NBA championship range and postseason. But they at least, you know, in the rebuilding phase, hit the right starting button there with Victor Reminyama. The biggest question mark is how soon can they get, that, can they get going and can Victor Reminyama stay? Because maybe he'll get a little bit anxious not being able to win, you know, in the first couple of seasons. Is he going to be able to adjust and is he going to be able to be happy enough to play there in San Antonio. Because if he is, this Spurs team is a really good team and dangerous team moving forward. Second, I'm going to go with Keldon Johnson. 22 points last season, five rebounds and three assists. He's 23 years old as well, and he is still relatively young. He came in as, I believe, a 19, 20-year-old, so still relatively young in the NBA Keldon Johnson at the small four position, I think, is going to complement Victor Wembanyama well. I actually would argue that he would actually have a better season with Wembanyama just because of Wembanyama's playmaking ability, especially at the five position. I think this is something that Keldon Johnson lacked last season with the San, and really since his entire career um, started with the San Antonio Spurs. But he has been a reliable option for them. He's a guy that's been consistent for them, a guy that you know Greg Popovich has turned to in tight situations. And someone can make the argument that he was the best player on the Spurs team last season. Going into this year, how is he going to be with Victor Reminyama at the side position there? You know, looking at his career stats three-point-wise, his career high was in 2021 where he shot 39.8% from three-pointer, which is actually pretty good in the NBA. So good to see that he's able to shoot it from beyond the arc. Not the best free throw shooter. I think that's something that he can definitely work on a little bit, but he's still a really good player overall. Good shooter. He's going to get a lot of points for the San Antonio Spurs. Going to pick up some rebounds as well like to see a little bit more presence on the defensive side, but 6'5", 220 pounds. This is a guy that's in a prime position in his career, and he can stay with San Antonio for a period of time and develop with Wembenyama, and then they need some more consistency from their guard play. And then the final guy that I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Jeremy Sokan. Jeremy Sokan, 11 points, 5.3 rebounds, 2.5 assists in his rookie season last year out of Baylor, former number nine overall selection. I actually love Jeremy Sokan. I thought he was one of those guys that, I wouldn't say it was a defensive first guy, but I thought he was going to really translate well with Greg Popovich and the system that Greg Popovich you know, was able to establish last season. Doesn't shoot particularly well. 24.6% from three in his rookie season. Obviously not very good, but 
He does a lot of other things well. You know, he's able to get some boards, able to get a steal or two, limit the turnovers as well, only average one turnover a game. And, you know, 28 minutes is honestly pretty solid for him. You know, going into this season as well, how is he going to pair alongside guys like Victor Wembanyama and um, Kelvin Johnson? Because he does play the four positions. So I think their forwards and their big men, for the most part, are relatively solid. I think this is a season where Jeremy Sokum could get anywhere from 15 to 16 points per game. A guy that's consistent there, as well as distributing the ball a little bit. I mean, all these guys kind of score the same amount of points, same amount of rebounds, same amount of assists. So it's really hard to gauge how the San Antonio Spurs are going to be, especially at the beginning parts of the season when there's obviously a lot of question marks, a lot of, um, I guess, not surrounding information, but overall kind of where these the great Popovich sees each of these guys playing and each of these guys having success. But I think at least foundation-wise, at least their forwards and, and big man positions are a lot improved, which is something that the Spurs, I feel like, have needed. Okay, that was a lot of talking. What about your bust? So for my bust, I have Zach Collins. I've never been that big of a fan of Zach Collins, uh, even when he was a rookie and started out in Portland. Uh, last year, average career high, 11.6 points per game, 6.4 rebounds, and 2.9 assists. I believe those are all career high. Shot 51.8% from the field, 374 from three, 76.1 from the free throw. But with Victor Wembanyama coming in, he's going to take over that center position, and I don't see him move. I don't see Zach Collins moving over to the four position there. I mean, like you mentioned, they have Sochan. He's probably going to run the four, and then I don't know how much they're going to use him after that. He probably will be the backup for most of the season. But they also have guys like Charles Bassey, who they picked up uh, recently. Uh, 22 years old. He is a couple inches shorter, but he's uh, a Ford center. I, I think that he could outplay uh, Zach Collins as well. And I, this could just be because I'm a little more of a Zach Collins hater and they could trust him, but I've never been a fan of Zach Collins. And I think with those two guys, especially Victor Wembanyama coming in at that center position, it's just going to wipe out most of those big man uh, opportunities to play. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Malachi Branham. He's entering his second season, just like Jeremy Shosokum. A lot of young guys on the Spurs team, which I think a lot of Spurs fans are excited about just because there's so much potential here with a lot of young guns that the Spurs do have. But he's one of those guys that, I don't know, last season I wouldn't say was fluky because he had a good season for the most part. 10.2 rebound uh, points, 2.7 rebounds, 1.7 assists. I think one of the reasons why I have him as my bust, I think Devin Bessel is poised to have that next step this season and really be a key producing factor for the San Antonio Spurs. And that's one of the reasons why I'm extremely high, um, or I shouldn't say extremely high, extremely low on a guy like McCallie Branham. Now, I do believe he's got a lot of tools, good five-tool player there at the guard position, a guy that can do it on, on both sides of the ball efficiently. But for me, I'm avoiding him, especially with Vassal's performance. I think Trey Jones has the opportunity to take the next step as well. And that's the one thing that the Spurs are missing is solid guard play. So if they're able to get that and get guys in, in going and get the big man going, then the Spurs team's in a far better position. So those are one of the reasons why I'm kind of shying away from him. There is a lot of opportunity for him and a lot of, I guess, opportunity for him to have success. And that's something that maybe will lead to his success this season. But for me, I think he's going to be, compared to where he was at last season, at least a little bit more of a bust compared to being one of those sleepers or key players for the Spurs this year. Okay, what about your breakout player? So my breakout player, I have Jeremy Sochan. Last year, he played the 50, in only 56 games. Like I mentioned, ninth overall pick, 11 points per game, 5.3 rebounds, 2.5 assists. Shot uh, decent from the field at 45.3 but not good from three or the free throw uh, from three percent from three last year. He shot 24.6% from three 69.8 from the free throw. 
Uh, but again, he's still young. Uh, I think he just turned he turned twenty a couple a few months ago. Uh, I think that he's going to really be able to go grow into this role here. Uh, him and Victor Omnia, uh, like you said, his defense isn't the best. He can definitely hold his own there. Oh, uh, uh, in a season, but having Victor Omnia definitely release some of that pressure, uh, especially with Zach Calls up being the best defender and Victor Omnia with his block potential and how well he's able to guard down low. I think it's going to help out Sochan make him more relaxed on the side of the ball. I think it's going to transfer over to the offensive side uh, where he can definitely produce. And as you mentioned, this team's super young. Uh, I think Sochan is one of those guys who may not be the star player on the team, but he's definitely going to be that guy who's going to be there in big situations or be guarding uh, that big man out there uh, whenever they need him to. I think that he's able to cover all uh, positions, basically uh, probably three, even maybe the two sometimes, uh, through the five. So I, th- I think Sochan's going to have really good years here. I don't think that he's going to have a huge year, but I think he's definitely going to take the, uh, steps in the right direction. Yeah, so for me, I'm going to go ahead and go with Trey Jones. Look, I like Trey Jones a lot this season. I think a lot of people are kind of not necessarily hating on Trey Jones, but I think the opportunity for Trey Jones this season is magnified for obviously obvious reasons. I mean, he's now going into a situation where he's got Victor Webinyama as a guy that's going to be able to help him, you know, with, as far as something that he lacked last season, which just was having pure talent as part of, you know, the San Antonio Spurs last season. But this year, now that he's got Victor Reminyama, there opens up a lot more opportunities for success. Um, he had 12.9 points yes, uh, last season, 3.6 rebounds, 6.6 assists. That was honestly a jump from years past. And really, he's been injured and hasn't played in a lot of games. I shouldn't say injured. Hasn't started in a lot of games till last season where he started in 65, making the jump from 11 to 65 games. He had a pretty profound impact. And again, one of the things that the Spurs need this season is good guard play. And Trey Jones has all the measures for Tyus Jones, has really established himself now with Memphis. You know, so that opens up another opportunity for his brother to have in success and kind of emulating that for Trey. But Trey is young. He's 23 years old. Can be the future point guard there for, you know, San Antonio Spurs. Will he be the next Tony Parker? I don't believe so. But he's got a lot of measurables there. He does struggle shooting behind the arc, especially only 28.5%. I think that is something that he does need to work on. He was able to shoot 86% from the line last season, though, so that's very efficient. How often will he be able to get to the line? I know, obviously, some of those other big men will be able to get to the line often, but he was able to do that. A good mid-range shooter, just an overall pretty solid facilitator. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets you know close to averaging a double-double per game this season, which is all the talent that they, young talent that they have. It can either be a boom or bust kind of talent. All right, your sleeper player. So my sleeper player, I have Trey Jones, basically for all the reasons that you mentioned. And he's going to be more of a true point guard for this team. A double-double is very reasonable for him. I think a really good player comp for kind of how his career is going to be is somewhat like Chris Paul, maybe a little bit less of a scorer. And then Chris Paul, but very similar, where he's going to be more of the assist guy. He can score when he need, uh, when they need him to. But you have other guys like Victor Romeo, Vassell, uh, other guys, so Chan, other guys along those lines, like Kelvin Johnson as well, that he's going to be able to distribute to. And plus, he's been, uh, I think he was a three or four year college guy there. So he's able to learn uh, how to play more of that true point guard uh, in college, which is always good to see for point guards. He's also the younger brother, like you mentioned, of Tyus Jones. And being that starting point guard at Duke for so long, he, that game's starting to translate. He especially saw it this year. His points went up seven points per game. His assist went up basically by three points per game, rebounds one. Uh, he also averages 1.3 uh, steals per game last year, which is double the year before that. Uh, he got a much bigger role at being 13 more minutes per game, 
uh, played in 68 games last year. And I think that he's just going to be that sleeper guy, kind of in the background. He's not going to be the, the main guy. He's not going to be the weapon, you know, the Kelvin Johnson, the Cell, Sochan. But he's going to be that point guard, kind of holding it all together, distributing to everyone. Yeah, so for me, I'm going to go ahead and go with Doug McDermott. I think a lot of people have forgotten about Doug McDermott. He's entering now, what, his ninth, tenth season in the NBA. He's been in the league forever. He was 2014 draft class, number 11 overall pick from Denver. Everyone obviously remembers his shooting ability. I mean, his shooting has definitely suffered in recent years compared to, you know, where it was in college or even in the early stages of his career. But this is a guy in 2015 that shot – 42.5% from three-pointer. He only appeared in 26 games for Dallas in 2017, but shot 49.4% from three. This is an absolute lethal shooter. Now, granted, he is getting up there a little bit in age. He is primarily known as just a shooter. He's not a guy that's going to be playing a lot of minutes for the Spurs this season. But his first starting season with the San Antonio Spurs, where he started in all 51 games that he appeared in, had 42.2% from beyond the arc. Last season, 41.3%. The bottom line is this guy can shoot, especially beyond the arc, which is something that I think the Spurs do need. They are a defensive-minded team. They've always been a defensive-minded team with Greg Popovich at the helm. But this season in particular, they're going to need to be able to shoot beyond the arc if they're going to have any chance of success. I think he's a guy that not many people are talking about. He's a guy that can be the number two or number three you know, backup at the forward position, but he's a guy that's going to be efficient for them. I think that's something that you need, especially with a lot of young guys that they do have. Being able to have some consistency there is definitely going to help out and definitely going to make this team a lot better. So that's something that they can be excited about with having him at the position that he's in. All right, your team MVP. So my team MVP, I like a lot of the guys on this team. I think they're building for the right. They're building for the future in the right way right now. But I think I still have to go with Victor Wembanyama. I think that they're going to try to feed him as much as possible, uh, prove his game. I think a lot of the other guys, their numbers aren't going to go down. Some of them may actually excel, like how you mentioned, I believe, with Keldon Johnson, like how his numbers, uh, there's a chance that they could uh, get better with having Wembanyama uh, being right there, especially the play career that he can be. Uh, last year, uh, last year in his pro, last pro year uh, overseas, averaged 21. Point six points per game, 10.4 rebounds per game, and 3.2 blocks per game. I mean, he was solid. I mean, he was great, actually, more than solid. But uh, with women, Yala, I don't think he's going to have those exact numbers. I can definitely see him being probably right around 17, 18 points per game, still around 10 rebounds, like two and a half blocks per game, and getting probably uh, three, maybe four assists a game as well. I think a lot of these other guys are good, but I think that Victor Wemiyama is going to be the main focus of this team, and it makes sense. I mean, you want to get your number one overall pick in there and potentially uh, one of the best – or projected to be one of the better or one of the best big men in the league uh, in the next few years. Yeah, Wemby's going to be my team MVP. Do I think he's going to be the best of all time? It's impossible to make that assumption. I mean, yeah, there's obviously the measurables that make him seem like he can be one of the best of all time, but – you never really know. And that's one of the hard things I struggle with, with people that just jump to the gun and say that, hey, these are going to be the best players of all time, especially coming out of like a draft, for example. But there, like I mentioned, there's a lot of opportunity for him to be great, especially this season. I think he's going to be a reliable option. But you also got to remember, too, that a lot of teams are going to be focused on Victor Romanyama. That's going to be their main focus this season is they're going to go up against a bunch of teams that only try to stop Victor Romanyama because that's really all that the San Antonio Spurs not have, but perceived to have, especially coming out of the draft. 
So as far as that's concerned, I'm not sure how I feel about him. But he is going to be the best player on the team. It does help for him that he does not have that great of a team, especially this season. I think it's a team that can definitely be something better in the future. But right now, it's not the best of teams. So this is a perfect opportunity for him to have success and kind of make his name out there. I just don't think he'll be as good as a lot of people are expecting, especially in his first year. Because it is an adjustment going from just college or overseas to the NBA. I think he'll learn that harsh reality, but he should still be just fine and be a good focal point that the, that the Spurs can, you know, build their franchise around. Okay, key draft picks and offseason moves. So first draft pick, I'm going to go Victor Wemiyama. I mean, it's just clear when I don't want to keep on going over his stats over and over again. He's He was great overseas. Uh, probably won't translate immediately over to the NBA, but his projectables are there. And then I'm going to go with a G League Ignite player, uh, Sidney Sisaku. I probably butchered that, but he's a uh, he's a guard, but he's a taller guard. He's 6'8", 200 pounds. Uh, last year in the G, G League Ignite, uh, averaged 12.8 points per game, uh, 3.6 assists, 2.8 rebounds, 1.1 1, 1 steals, and 1 block per game. He also shot 45.5% from the field, 304 from three, and a pretty bad 645 uh, from the free throw line. Uh, I think that he could be a solid player who goes in, who goes in this team, come, probably coming off the bench. Uh, he's also from France, which isn't that where Victor's from also. I mean, I'm not saying that they know each other, but I mean, who knows? There could be some <laughs> type of former chemistry there. If I were to take a guess, I don't know any of these players' backgrounds. But I don't know. I think that he could be one of those guys who's on a two-way contract or maybe coming off the bench getting some minutes here. Uh, I think that a two-way contract is probably very reasonable for him at the moment uh, just because I think that they want to uh, keep on going with the guys they have right now, and I think they want more of that veteran presence off the bench compared to rookies uh, coming off the bench. And then for uh, offseason moves, I like the move of Reggie Bullock. I got to watch Bullock a good amount uh, when he was with the Mavs. Uh, and with Luca last year, 7.2 points per game, 3.6 rebounds per game, and 1.4 blocks per game. Uh, he is older, he uh, being 32 years old, but Bullock has always been a pretty good shooter in his career. Drafted back in 2014, uh, coming out or on his career, he's a 38.4% three-point shooter. Last year, 38%, 38% exactly. Uh, spent the entire season with the Mavs there with Luca. Uh, stays in Dallas, going over to the Spurs. Or not Dallas, because stays in Texas and going over to the Spurs. Uh, he played a good amount of minutes. I believe a career high thirty point three minutes per game. Played seventy eight games there. I think he's a really good veteran uh, presence and a good complement to Trey Jones if they're on the court uh, at the same time. Because Trey Jones wasn't the best shooter last year. And then I'm also going to go with Charles Bassey. I mentioned him earlier in the show. I think Bassey is going to be a solid player. Uh, I think he's going to be more of a backup though, especially with this team of show. Sochan and Wembenyama uh, being on the same team. Uh, Bassey last year, 5.7 points per game, 5.5 rebounds, 1.2 assists. Did shoot 37.5% from three, which is solid. 64.4 from the field. Free throws need help. He shot 59.5% uh, from free throw last year. I think that he's going to be a solid player, solid more backup player here. About to be 23 years old, so still very young. Was a second-round pick uh, by the Spurs back in 2021. I think he's going to be solid. I don't think he's going to be the best player, but he's going to be a solid backup to come in behind uh, Victor or Sochan. 
Yeah, so I've already talked a lot about Wemby. I'm also going to go with, as you get, as you mentioned, City Sissoko for from G League and Knight. Look, this is one of those guys that coming out of the draft, a lot of people were really, really excited to see how he was going to play in the NBA going into the season because he has, has elite athleticism. And as you mentioned, he comes from France as well. I'm sure that those two premier guys have ran into each other at some point. So kind of having that early connection early on is something that they can, you know, build off of as, as silly as it sounds. I mean, having a little bit of comfortability in the NBA is better than having no comfortability at all. I also like the fact that he can guard one through four. I mean, he's a guy that can guard the one through four position. And that's something that I feel like the Spurs need, especially in the defensive side, being a defensive-oriented team, is having success guarding positions one through four. Being able to do that is going to open up the door to tremendous opportunities for the Spurs as a whole. He attacks the rim very efficiently, has great vision on the court, and can complement Wembenyama really well. And all these factors in of itself is one of the reasons why I'm excited to see what he's going to do. Again, he's a second-round selection as well, so one of those second-round selections that could end up being kind of an NBA journeyman or a guy that kind of flies under the radar throughout his career. There's a lot of tools and measurables that you have to be excited about with a guy like him. And I think, like I said, paired alongside Wimby, how much production does he have as a two-way contract? Not too sure, especially this season, but he is still young, has a lot of opportunity to grow, develop, and be one of the more premier players in the league. And then for me, like offseason, like moves-wise, I didn't think there was really any real free agent or, or you know, offseason acquisitions that really jumped off the page for me. Okay, your two keys to success. So for my first key to success is develop the next probably two, three years. I mean, this team isn't going to go and compete in the West or compete for a finals uh, spot, be able to go through the playoffs and just bulldoze teams. They're going to need a few years. Wemby's young. Keldon's young. All these guys are young. I think that they need a few years to develop, but don't try to rush it, rush it at this point. It's already been a few years since they've really made a push towards the playoffs. I think Pop knows that. I know Pop Popovich, if he stays there for a long time, for a little bit, uh, he's going to want to try to fast track it, but it wouldn't make sense to fast track it at the moment. And then keep Wemby healthy. I know that he has uh, his trainer that he pays, I think, I don't even know how much money. I remember saying it was a lot of money. Uh, just to go through like a, a special uh, like routine, pregame routine uh, and workout routine where it, like strengthen uh, all the little muscles around ligaments and all that. Uh, I think a lot of people have seen the videos of him crawling barefoot uh, on the floor pregame to stretch out and all that. I think that keeping Wemby healthy is going to be a big thing here. A lot of the other guys played around 60, uh, 60, 70 games right there, which is I saw them out. I mean, you obviously want to see more. You want to see guys play more than 70, 75 range, especially those younger guys. But if Wemby's healthy, I think this team's going to function a lot better. Yeah, so my first key to success is going to be build around Wemby. It doesn't necessarily mean this season. It just means for the future. Because, yeah, you got your guy in Wemby, but you need to build around it as well. I think that's one of the things that they lack this season is the fact that there's not so many guys that are tremendous around Wemby. And that could not necessarily be detrimental to Wemby. I mean, yeah, it could hurt his influence and production early on but in the grand scheme of things you know looking at Wemby as a whole it is difficult to see him having success especially from the get-go when his team is not being able to support him the best way that you know they can and so that's one of the things that they need to do for the future whether it's draft picks in the future whether it's development developing guys for this season whatever the situation is they have to find a way to adapt and overcome if they don't then I think they're putting themselves in a dangerous position not necessarily a dangerous position but a tough position to be in and there's a better chance for failure coming from not only Wembenyama but the Spurs as well. So being able to find that in a double-edged sword, per se, is going to help tremendously. 
Um, and then my second key to success is just the Popovich defense. If they're going to have success, they need to build you know, a solid defensive front and have success on the defensive side. If they're able to do that, then yes, they're going to have a better chance of having success because Popovich is known for his defense. I feel like the cliche defense wins championships really was prevalent in Popovich's NBA championship runs is going to be prevalent again this season. So being able to have that connection at the defensive position for the Spurs is going to be something that's going to be tremendously crucial for them this season. Okay, what about your standings prediction? So for the Spurs, I don't think they're going to be the best this year. Uh, especially you talk about building around Wemby. I don't think they have the exact pieces to do that yet. I mean, they got the first pick last year. I think they got a little bit lucky in that first pick also. Uh, but in, for the final standings, I have them finishing 14th. Uh, I don't think they'll finish last. I think that uh, the Portland Trailblazers have done enough to kind of tank their way most likely into last place uh, and be able to develop their guys and get that first overall pick. But I think there's a good chance they end up with uh, – I mean, they potentially could get the first pick again. Who knows? But I think there's a good chance they end up with a top three, top four pick uh, coming up in this next draft. Yeah, I've been finishing 15th. To me, I look at the Western Conference, and yeah, the Trailblazers are a team that may be finishing last this season. For me, though, I feel like there's some pieces on the Trailblazers that I'm excited about. For me, what I'm not excited about with the Spurs this season is the lackluster of talent that they have, besides Wembenyama. I mean, they have Wembenyama, and that's it, really. So what kind of success is they going to be able to have? Because you can't win an NBA championship when you have one solid player. You can definitely help you. And, you know, you can build tools around it. I think of the 76ers as a perfect example. I don't want to compare the Spurs to the 76ers, but there's a lot of similarities to me as far as where this team is now and where the aspirations of the team is, you know, down the line. And this is something that could really, you know, benefit them moving forward if they're able to, you know, have success kind of building up their team here and have success down the line. Because if they're able to do that, it just opens up the door for a lot of opportunities. And that's something that can really excite Spurs fans. But it might be a little bit of a painful way to get there if we're going to be quite honest I mean it might be a little bit painful for them to um, go through some rough patches here but I think you know where the the Spurs are at they have to be at least excited that they have Wembenyama and they have at least a forefront there that they can use as an opportunity but I think it might be a little bit of a rough season for them I wouldn't be surprised they don't win a lot of games and a second up against a lot of the teams in the west that are NBA championship ready I just don't see it being a successful year for them. But I think they're in the right direction. They have a lot of young guys that can develop very nicely this season. So it doesn't necessarily mean that the season is a lost cause or that there's cause for panic. Because even if you finish 15th or last in the division, there's some things that you can be excited about. Not necessarily excited about, but there's some things that you know you can be um, a little bit excited about to see. And that's the fact of de- developmental players of guys. You're probably going to get a top three pick. I mean, I guess how the, the lottery works, you never really know. But you're going to have something like that happen. So there's going to be a lot of things that can be successful for you as far as getting the picks and everything like that. And it might not be a lost season as far as, you know, if guys are able to develop the way that they're supposed to develop and things like that. So for Spurs fans, it might be a little bit painful to start. But, hey, you can't really complain because you got Victor Wembanyama, And there are teams that finished worse than the Spurs last season that would have prayed for a guy like Victor Wembanyama. So can't be too upset. But... You know, the future does seem to be a little bit bleak, especially this year. We'll see how the Victor Romanyama and the team as a whole is going to be able to develop and if they're going to be able to have successes this season. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. I hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter. At The Truth, as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. We're going to be continuing our On the Court series as we take a look at the Dallas Mavericks in the next episode. We hope that you guys do, in, uh, do join us for that. Should be another interesting show there. 
If you guys did enjoy and finished the first 15 episodes, highly recommend you go check those out as well. Otherwise, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter at The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information and value. On top of that, make sure you follow The Truth on Instagram and TikTok at the.tt.truth. There's going to be a lot of Instagram lives, highlight reels, all that good stuff on there. So make sure you guys go check that out. And as always, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, joined once again by AJ Ponciano. Thank you guys for listening, as always, and we'll see you in the next show. Take care and good night.